Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you make a difference for yourself. So, my guest this week is Millie Bevan, and she is the founder of a project called Our Happy Notes, which began as an outlet for random acts of kindness, but has become a way for Millie to express herself while advocating for mental health awareness and other issues. Millie is doing some great work, and I really enjoyed chatting with her. So, without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Millie Bevan. I am Millie. I'm a teenager. I'm in the UK. And I run a little online space called Our Happy Notes. It's very small, but it's a it's all about mental health awareness and advocacy and I'm moving more into the advocacy part now still finding my voice with that which is you know exciting and a journey um aside from my passions with that my main passion and love of life is theatre and drama and I love approaching everything with creativity I express a lot through writing so yeah that's that's me <laughs> That's great, Millie, and I am really excited to learn more about your project. So I'd love to get started with asking you a little bit more about your background and what inspired you to get started with this work. Can you tell me some about the challenges you've faced or the experiences you've had that got you to this point today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was all from my personal experience to start with, and it's actually as I've grown my space and connected with other people that I've sort of grown my voice in that advocacy area because I've heard other people's stories as well but initially I started our happy notes when I came out of a nine month long depressive episode I'm diagnosed with cyclothemia which is a subtype of bipolar disorder and you know my mental health struggles had kind of ruled my life for a very long time and they still do to a point but I know now that even in you know my darkest moments I can they don't define me in fact they they have given me so many strengths in overcoming them um so I started yeah I started our happy notes because I wanted to see some positivity put back out into the world um and it just started with leaving these little notes in public with positive messages and then the mental health advocacy grew out of that because I was having very frustrating situations with mental health systems and I was seeing a lack of mental health support in schools. I was seeing a lack of a clear path. And then I started talking to other people and I was seeing how common these experiences were. And I just didn't want anybody to feel as alone or without support as I had. So yeah, that, that's my story with that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that part of your story, Millie. And I think it's really interesting that you were able to take your own experiences and turn them into this project to really help and advocate for others. So I would also love for you to tell me more about our happy notes. Tell me some about the mission of this project and what you're working on now with it, especially because you mentioned that you're moving more into advocacy. I'd love to know more about that part of your story too. Well, um, I'm in the process of getting it more organized, but if we're talking about organizations, it's usually waiting for me to have a spurt of energy at two in the morning and do something. 
it's not very it's not very organized but there's a lot of love and um drive and willingness behind it I run an Instagram page that's my main thing and I do post on there regularly um started doing reels recently which has been a whole new world but and that's sort of where I share kind of bite-sized content positive notes you know anything from just like an overview on a particular mental health topic or a petition that people can get involved in or a positive note you know just bite-sized information is on my Instagram and then uh, my blog which is what I'm focusing on expanding into now I have have a plan at the moment for different content that I want to create I want to get more people involved I really want to get more people involved and hear their voices and get them to talk and share but yeah the blog is where I'm expanding into now and that's where I kind of more developing my voice in an advocacy way I'm looking into an essay at the moment which started as an idea on whether diagnosis was a good or bad thing or dependent on the system because I think it can be a very confusing thing when you're given a diagnosis Um, I know it was for me when I was diagnosed as autistic both freeing and felt like I was being put into a box by society so I started looking into that and then I start and then all these um inequalities in diagnosis and how diagnosis is used as part of criminalization of black people in this country you know they're they're more likely to be sectioned as psychotic I started looking into all of that uh, so that's the work I'm kind of looking into at the moment and trying to come up with a way that I can present that information and brainstorming ideas and solutions with it but aside from that I also just connect with other young advocates and help them with their work and I write for people I write anonymously I share my experience because I think it's a really important thing that people see that they're not alone yeah it's really a journey at the moment I can't say there's one defined end goal but it's it's just a lot of passion and love that I put into this project yeah yeah definitely and I would love to actually dive a little bit deeper into the topic of diagnoses if you're comfortable because I think this is something that I would love to know more about and talk a little bit more about that experience with you Can you tell me more about that contradiction between feeling free following your diagnosis versus feeling stressed and maybe pressured about it? I haven't really heard anyone speak about those feelings and that process, so I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I mean, in relation to getting the autism diagnosis, I've been autistic my whole life. I have dealt with being autistic in a neurotypical world a world that isn't you know and I I had felt different I had struggled because of that because of not being accepted or understood so and I kind of blamed myself looked in on myself as oh you're the problem you know this is just you know relating this topic to my experience but I'd, I'd always looked in on myself as I'm the problem I couldn't relate to anybody else because I felt like I was the only one that was like that but getting that diagnosis was like being told it was okay that that was me it was okay that I was like that because that's just who I am it was getting the diagnosis gave me the permission to give myself the permission to be myself and that was a great thing and it also you know once I realized I was autistic I could connect with other autistic people and start realizing that I can live my life as 
to my full potential that I am worthy of respect that there are other people out there like me that I'm not alone you know so it it gave me a sense of community because I felt that I could relate to them but at the same time you know if I say autism or if I say bipolar there's a stigma around that there's there's a stigma of you're crazy you're dangerous or you're stupid and you can't handle life you know so when you're given those that diagnosis that label can also feel very frightening because suddenly you are something that you have been taught in society is different and now you are that thing and you're identifiable as that thing because you have a label so it's like you're almost being put in a box like you're worried that suddenly because you're bipolar people will ignore the fact that actually most of the time you manage to live a stable life that because you're autistic people ignore the fact that you're intelligent and creative because they have their own assumptions first so I think that's a very difficult thing Another interesting thing that I kind of, with labels and diagnosis, you know, that I've been looking into is that idea of validation through diagnosis and labels, because that's, I'm very supportive of self-diagnosis of particularly um, neurodiversity, but also, you know, self-diagnosis in relation to mental health issues. I'm supportive of people relating to those symptoms because you need to. I think we we live in a society where when you have that diagnosis and that label, you're valid. You're valid then. Those symptoms exist. But up until that point, there's almost a question of whether you're making it up. There's a question of whether you're being overdramatic. And actually, uh, what we need is the diagnosis to be this helpful thing that helps you understand your symptoms and, and how to manage your life and your strengths in in a better and more detailed way but we also need that all that time you've been struggling or dealing with who you are as a mentally ill person or as a neurodiverse person you that that was real and valid all along so there's this real disconnect between the label being the thing that makes it real but also brings all these negative effects and not having the label meaning you're kind of more free but also it's like none of this is actually happening and it's very hard to get listened to in the mental health system if you don't have these diagnoses so it's like it's all very complicated but it's it's a very interesting topic the kind of idea of validation with and without a label and a diagnosis That's so interesting, and it's definitely something that I haven't heard before, so thank you so much for explaining that. As a mental health advocate, what are some of your go-to outlets for self-care? I would love to be able to share some of those things that you do to take care of yourself and look after your own mental health. So what does self-care mean to you? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have a misconception of what self-care is and that we think it's like tiny acts, like me time, yay, bubble baths and fancy teas, but that's not it at all. Certainly isn't for me because I I do not have the capacity to sit still in a bath. It just doesn't work. For me, self-care is the act of daily, not not once in a while setting out a day to look after after yourself, that's not it. But self-care for me is daily taking small, manageable steps to look after myself. So self-care for me is taking my medication, which I'm atrocious at because I have a terrible memory. So thanks, mum, for always reminding me. But yeah, it's it's taking 
you know, it's things like taking medication, making sure you're eating enough food. Exercise for me is a big one. I know it sounds, you know, these are such simple things that everybody brings up, but they really are important. And it, it's only really in the last few months that I actually started to accept that, oh, okay, maybe people are right when they say these are important. But exercise for me, um, I'm quite a goal-oriented person. So I like having goals around my exercise and like, oh, I want to be able to run a 10K or I want to be able to lift a certain weight. You know, I like having goals like that because it gives me a sense of achievement once I've got there and makes me feel like I can do something. Also, creatively is a massive part of my self-care for me. My diary is a huge part of my life. I would say that at one point it saved my life. It gave me the self-reflection and awareness that I needed. So I journal every day. That's hugely important to me. But the creativity comes into that in that sometimes, you know, emotions are really complicated and messy and it's not easy to just say, oh, I'm sad. So the creativity comes into it in that sometimes I need to approach what I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing more creatively. I need to throw a gazillion words on a page that mean nothing but that's life or I need to write a poem or I need to just sob my heart out and write a play you know that's being creative in expressing my emotions is probably my biggest act of self-care and also a gratitude list I would encourage everyone to have a gratitude list um it's a big part of addiction recovery which I'm also in uh and it's amazing like it's so great (laughs) I write just 10 things at the end of every day that I'm grateful for. And I mean, it it ranges from, you know, a hug from a friend or something very specific to that day to like, do you know what? I'm grateful that I can breathe today because sometimes life is a bit shite. <laughs> but you, when you have this gratitude list, it's kind of like, an exercise of refocusing my mind on the present and refocusing my mind on the fact that there are good things in the world for me and also sort of training my mind so that if I ever do slip down into a a darker place again I've kind of trained it to be able to see the positives and it's a little bit easier to pick myself back up again so yeah that's my self-care That's really interesting, and I think it's important that you emphasized how self-care is little acts that you do for yourself every day, because I think that it serves to make self-care both a little bit more manageable and attainable as well for people who feel like they don't have the time or maybe the energy to take a bubble bath, like in your example. So I have one last question for you, and then I'll let you go. But lots of young people, particularly college students, want to create change and they want to make a difference in the world, but they may not know how or where to get started. Do you have any advice for those types of people? Yeah, I would say that always remember that even if you are only making a difference to one person and even if that one person is only you you're still making a difference you know we can't see or conceive how us being in a good mood makes a difference we can't see or conceive how us saying hey that's not right once makes the difference and spirals we can't see that effect you know and I think we we sometimes have this conception that to be making a difference in the world it has to be 
this big grand act that is visible to everyone but that's that's not true if you want to be a change maker start right now start today you know start one step at a time one foot in front of the other because you don't have to achieve big grand visible things all the time you're still making a difference and that's still an amazing thing I really enjoyed talking with Millie and I think her story is really inspiring because she's really been able to use her own struggles and her own experiences to help others. I want to highlight one of Millie's last points in our conversation where she emphasized how important it is to make change for yourself and to never underestimate how making yourself a happier, better person, that can really impact the world. Millie's words reminded me of how random acts of kindness can create a chain reaction of positivity and that can ultimately impact so many other people. By checking in with your mental health, you're making a change because change doesn't have to be on a grand national or even international scale, but it can and it really should start with you. Focus on your mental health first and foremost because change comes when you make a difference for yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Millie on Instagram at mill underscore bev to get connected with her, and you can check out our happy notes at our.happy.notes on Instagram as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change podcast.org or on Instagram at be the change podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye guys.